Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This, this, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. It's Thursday, three, two, one. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm getting kind of tired. You know, we're hitting we're hitting that time of the week. It feels like, and it's a it is a week. How are you doing? Good. I mean, it's Christmas weekend. There's a lot of NFL games. The Cincinnati Bengals are still in the playoff hunt, and um, yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm a little exhausted, to be completely honest with you. But now we get it. At least we get it. At least this game matters at this moment, and that is all we can really ask for. In the Cincinnati Bengals season, um, there are a lot of times that I've kind of looked at it when you look at the AFC and even the NFC overall. And I think, man, a healthy Joe Burrow probably could have went all the way or, you know, maybe could have done some damage in the postseason. I'm not counting Jake Browning out and not counting the Cincinnati Bengals out, but it really bums me out at times to think about what he could have done if he was playing. But now, we have Jake Browning and we have the Cincinnati Bengals team. And, you know, what's crazy is if someone on the last podcast, we talked about it being without DJ Reader, they're without Jamar Chase in this game. It was confirmed from Zach Taylor today that he'll be week to week right now to be determined if he plays in Kansas City. Um, they played without um, Jamar Chase before. You have a guy like T. Higgins who is coming off a huge fourth quarter and obviously overtime game for, for this club. Um, other wide receivers could step out in Yoshi, Charlie Jones, Tyler Boyd, Trenton Irwin, and obviously getting a running game going is extremely important. But when you look at this offense going against 
this Pittsburgh Steelers, which um, they got good news on Cam Hayward. He's out of concussion protocol, so I would say he's probably going to go in this matchup on Saturday. You have T.J. Watt out there. Um, what do you think about this this offense versus the Pittsburgh Steelers defense without some of their safeties? Every week I still feel like this might be the, the week we get a little bit of the shoe drop uh, situation with um, Jake Browning. Not that he's giving me a reason to think that, but I feel like I, I just don't want to be one of those people that really falls into the trap of getting into that backup quarterback. And then eventually it just comes crashing down. I think he has not given me a reason to think that he's done very, very well. He's been honestly just a good quarterback, even just get rid of the backup label there. I think this week's going to be, a big test just like last week this could be a big the biggest test because you don't have jamar chase most likely or i think it's confirmed from jordan yep. schultz that he'll be out yeah so with just t like you were mentioning i mean t last year with burrow was very good in jamar chase's absence almost 100 yards per game um he was the main guy catching i think nearly 10 passes a game Will we see him lean on T that way? I'm not sure, but I think it's possible. Um, last year, the Steelers did not treat T, because that, that was one of the games that Jamar missed was against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They did not treat T as if he was Jamar. They didn't you know, give him a bracket everywhere he went or anything like that. Um, he'll get a little bit more respect than he would if Jamar was in there because they have more resources that they can allocate towards him. The run game will be big. I thought it was close in that last match. Like I know it, the results were terrible, god awful, but I do think that everything made sense. You know, like the concepts they were running made sense to me. It's like, yeah, that's a good way to attack this front. And a lot of the guys were doing all right, but they would be a block away. Whether and it would be like a drastic loss. Like a guy didn't even complete whiff type of situation on almost every run play. So they need to be able to get that to work in this game, I think. Um, last week, I thought, you know, this was a game that might be a little more low scoring. This week, I kind of feel the same way going on the road to Pittsburgh. For what it's worth, I do think the weather is going to be fine. I don't know. Is it? I'm gonna you're our, you're our reporter live from the scene. <laughs> live from the scene. I just I know near me it's going to be fine. So I know I could check the weather app and I could go on. Oh, the app. Uh, it does say Saturday some scattered showers in Pittsburgh. And that is one of the things actually Evan McPherson to practice today. He was practicing. Um, they were getting the ball wet to just practice. Okay. If he needs to make the game winner or they have to play in those conditions. I think that's something to watch out for. One of the difference in that matchup, the first matchup when when we saw Jake Brennan out there, I think there's a lot of things we can consider. It was his first real – it was his first start. You know, he came in the second half versus the Baltimore Ravens. He did okay, but obviously not enough offensively. That was kind of – I. it was going to be hard to be overcome that without Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow leaving that game. But when you look at that start, first game, conditions weren't ideal, but I'm not trying to make an excuse for, for Jake Browning. I just know that the weather wasn't perfect. And Chase Brown wasn't 
a part of the game plan there, which was really right. surprising. I think for us, when we talked about that game, there was a chance for Chase Brown. Hey, why not just see what you have in Chase Brown? And then finally the next game, we saw that at a Chase Brown in the Monday night football game. So that could be a factor when it comes to running the ball. And maybe they try to run the ball with Joe Mixon and Chase Brown uh, without Jamar Chase out there. What do you think about this run game going into this? Like I mentioned, I, I thought it was close in the last matchup, even though the results were the worst results they've had. Um, it that game they couldn't get going, and then it felt like panic a little bit where nothing was working. They didn't want to run the ball in second and nine, second and ten, second and eight to get a second run in there. They kind of just fed, fed in the borough offense, which you've talked a lot about. Um, and I think the addition of Chase Brown is going to be interesting. I think it's a way to attack attack Pittsburgh if they're going to get upfield at all. If they want to try to hit anything behind those really talented pass rushers, you're going to use Chase Brown for that most likely. Um, I think he's definitely going to add an explosive element, but if nothing is working in terms of how bad it was last time where there's nothing there and end up with a 0% success rate, two yards of carry, I'm not sure Brown is going to be a guy that you go like, oh, good, he's in there and, you know, let – he'll be able to pick up six, seven every single time he's out. Not really. He hasn't done that this year. And that's not really the back that he is for them. He's more of a guy that you can just hope for that explosive play. So in terms of keeping him ahead of the chains, it's probably going to be more on Nixon and, and we'll see how it goes. I, I have some optimism about it, but also just worry just because of how bad it was, even if it, I thought it was kind of close to working out on almost all of those plays. We'll see. I, I agree with you. I think I've been going into every game because after the Monday night football game, I thought, mm, mm, we'll see what happens. It was almost too perfect for Jake Browning. Yeah. It looked great and credit to him. I do not want to take anything away from Jake Browning. I want nothing more for this team to exceed expectations after Joe Burrow went down, get in the playoffs and surprise some people on a run because anything is possible when you look at the AFC playoff picture right now. But at the same time, I keep thinking that every week, too. You go from that game, the Colts game early, then they were able to put up 30-plus, and then even early on in the Minnesota game, and then he comes back when it really mattered, you know, to, to get this team ahead, to find T. Higgins, to find Jamar Chase for a first down, Tyler Boyd to put them in field goal range in overtime. It was extremely important throws, and credit to Jake Browning. I agree with you. Every single week I keep telling myself, is this going to be the moment again where I'm like, uh – he was backup quarterback. Well, he's always going to be the backup quarterback for a reason when Joe Burrow's the starting quarterback. But out of what we, you know, our expectations in the quarterback room, I'm always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I, I would love to be wrong. Absolutely would love to be wrong. This will be an opponent that he's already seen before. It was obviously his first start. How does that look different? Because going into that first Pittsburgh Steelers game, he said, and look, he was probably, we don't know what was happening behind closed doors with the coaching staff and Jake Browning, those conversations, but he was pretty much saying, don't change the offense. Don't change anything. Make it still Joe Burrow's offense. Um, it, it, it has looked different from Joe Burrow's offense and, and how they're coaching Jake Browning. What, what would be the biggest difference from what we saw, how he looked and kind of the Joe Burrow style versus what he could look like on Saturday. I think one of your main differences here is just they didn't know what he was comfortable with when they asked him to drop back, and he had to drop back a lot in that game because they fell behind. They fell behind in terms of game script and in terms of down and distance. So there's no play action there. There's no more run game you can lean on. The screen game wasn't working. So all you have left is your drop back passing game. And when they asked him to do what Burrow did, 
it didn't work. There, there's a, quite a few differences in terms of what they like, but one of the main ones is just Burrow's really good at the pick a side type reads where split it down the middle. On one side, I've got my one high beater. On the other side, I've got my two high beater. He just knows, sees the safety rotation, knows where to go. Browning, when they asked him to do that, went to the wrong spot. And when you go to the wrong spot, you don't have enough time to be able to completely flip over and read the other side. So he's kind of got to go turf the ball and just waste a play doing that. They haven't run any of those since the Pittsburgh game. So they're not going to be doing that. They're going to be giving him more pure progression stuff, you know, read one to two to three to four and just kind of like, is he open? Is he open? Is he open? Work down the line. And that's really helped him. I think this game could come down to whether or not the Bengals have a, at least for the Bengals offense to be able to play decently. I think it might come down to the run game and being able to keep him out of situations where the pass rushers can tee off on him, keep him out of situations where he has to drop back and try to read everything out, especially without Jamar chase. So if I'm the Steelers, what they did in that game was a lot of single high load the box stuff. I think they're going to do the same thing because if you're going to do that with Jamar chase, why wouldn't you do it with, without Jamar chase in there? And maybe Browning could take advantage of that early. Maybe they can get to something early that can just be an explosive play or a shot play down the field because of that look. Uh, but when I think about what does the game maybe come down to, it's it's in my mind for the Spaniels offense is staying ahead of everything and keeping a consistent run game. It doesn't have to be, you know, like what the Bills did to the Cowboys, nothing like that, but something that's viable, something that, you know, looks okay you know most of the time it's working out or at least 50 percent of the time your runs are pretty successful somewhere around there it, you're not feeling like every time you run the ball is a wasted down which is what it felt like last time these two teams played yeah all offensively we'll see what it looks like without jamar chase um but again this is an opportunity for t higgins to show everyone I'm a number one wide receiver. We know how talented he is. I always say that I think the Cincinnati Bengals have two number one wide receivers. You know, when it comes to that second wide receiver outside of Tyler Boyd, when you think of some of the younger guys out there, I know I shouldn't count out Trent Nerwin, even though it really feel, it feels like he hasn't been the third choice or the fourth choice. And, and without even Jamar Chase out there, maybe they put him back into the game plan and make Trent Nerwin the third wide receiver. Or do you think it could be a Charlie Jones or Yoshi show for the third wide receiver? Their third wide receiver lately has pretty much been, um, what, Tanner Hudson, right? Like, he's getting a lot of those targets, getting a lot of those receptions, getting some work. Uh, when you're talking about the actual receiver, I still think it's Irwin in my mind. I know they took that deep shot to Jones and it didn't work. They are not a team that's going to – at least I don't think that they're a team that's going to send Jones to the bench from now on because he made that mistake – they feel more like a team that's going to just kind of be like, Hey, don't do that again. You know, like, let's get you out there and we'll hit it next time. Um, Yoshi Vash, you're hoping for it, but he really hasn't had a ton of opportunity. Now that's with most of the guys healthy, but I even think back when T was missing time, I felt like it was more Irwin than it was either of the young guys. So maybe I'm just crabby old, old feeling, but uh, I, I still feel like it's, or at least I think the staff is going to lean on Irwin because they have playoff chances here and they're going to probably play more to win the game than they are to get young guys experience and quality reps. I can't believe I, I counted out Tanner Hudson. He is 
look, he's tied in number one around the NFL at times, the way he's been playing. And it's been really fun to see. Um, I don't know what his future looks like. One thing I do know, the Cincinnati Bengals will get him paid either way. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And maybe he's back for another year in 2024. But let's flip to the defensive side before we give our predictions. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Defensively, you're going to face Mason Rudolph. Um, they did announce today that Kenny Pickett, even though he was limited the last two days, he's going to be out for this game. Mason Rudolph is undefeated versus the Cincinnati Bengals and his starts. Still terrifies me when a backup, backup quarterback is out there. And this defense at times has struggled with explosive plays. Um, I still think they can run the ball. You're going to be without DJ Reader out there. It's obviously a huge loss, even though they did go pretty much the whole entire game against the Minnesota Vikings and were able to win that one and stop them on third and one, fourth and one at a huge time in the game. But when you think about this defense and the matchup versus the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, what are your expectations? Man, I don't think the Steelers offense is going to do much. At least I don't. I would hope not. It's the running <laughs> um, game, honestly, for me. Yeah, yeah, that is the big one. With Reader out, can you stop their run game? And it was hit and miss against the Vikings. It felt like towards the end they did it when it mattered, like you were talking about those quarterback sneak stops. But throughout the game, it also felt like Ty Chandler was fine. Like he he had a good game, might end up having the best game of his career in that game against Cincinnati. So I have a lot of worry about that about their ability to stop the run. I do feel like they should be able to load the box and not pay for it. You know, Mason Rudolph, he's never, even when he was fully confident starting every game, never been a guy that really shredded teams with his arm. I still remember being at that Monday, I think it was a Monday night football game against the Steelers. I was at Heinz Field and the Bengals lost bad to Mason Rudolph. And all he really did were just tap passes on jet sweeps. And he ended up with like 300 or 250 yards and two touchdowns. It was like the average yards that he threw for was probably behind the line of scrimmage. Like, was it 2019? I think so. It was the year before Burrow, yeah. So that was terrible. Well, I might be going back. We're, I'm still waiting on news. <laughs> What's your record at games when the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, 0-1. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, the, it's not it was, like you're not it was like a terrible game. Yeah, that, that's okay. But that's okay. My record at the at Paul Brown slash Paycor undefeated and uh, winless outside of that. So we're, if I go, hopefully changing that around. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned, Mason Rudolph not really going to worry you with his arm. Like we talked about a little bit there, the run game. That's the big one. Yeah, if they I can run the ball. You know. Hey, you, you're going to make things really difficult on yourself. 
don't let this be a George Pickens rebound, bounce back after his comments about not wanting to tank the L situation. <laughs> I can't imagine. Could you imagine if a Cincinnati Bengals, if a T Higgins, um, Jamar Chase, I think about that Jamar Chase. I, I don't know. It was it the Jamar Chase block down the field against the Detroit Lions when Joe Mixon yeah. scored. I think yeah. about that all the time. I can't imagine if one of the wide receivers on the Cincinnati Bengals team said that after a game. And there's already question marks with his play, Pickens play and his attitude on the sidelines. I just don't want this to be a game where it's like his redemption game and he's back and all the Pittsburgh fans are like, oh, yeah, this is who we have as a wide receiver. I love the drama. I love everything I'm seeing over there. Um, so you, the wide receivers don't scare you at all with the corner corner matchup? They're solid wide receivers, but I don't know why I would be terrified of it, especially with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. It's, it's kind of weird because, like, I don't think Kenny Pick is a great quarterback or anything, but the Steelers certainly managed to find a way to get worse guys to make him look better behind him, whether it's Rudolph or Trubisky. Did you see Jalen Warren's comment after? Uh, I did. Pickens? Yeah, yeah, saying, like, I would have blocked for him if the roles were reversed, basically. It's like, oof, it's <laughs> make me feel bad if I was Pickens. There's a lot that comes into play right here because this could impact if the Bengals win. They're obviously still in the playoff hunt. They're in a really yeah. good space where I feel like they could go one and one or two and then go two and oh in the final games and get in the postseason. I think it would knock off or guarantee that Mike Tomlin wouldn't have a winning record for the first time in his career. I believe if, it when it's at uh, what nine losses. That's true. And it could um it'll knock them out of the playoffs. I would feel very yeah. I'd feel very good about that. So this is a huge game for them. For the Cincinnati Bengals, and and they need an AFC North win. They have zero right now. Can't go winless in the division. That's just embarrassing. No, no, it's. An, I mean, that even that first matchup versus them, and if Joe Burrow would have played, I have zero doubt that they would have won the game. Um, it was absolutely embarrassing watching them. Um, it, it was all tight end game. It was picket tight end. It was. I I just they couldn't stop them defensively. So going into this game, Cincinnati Bengals. Eight and six, surprising a lot of people. Jake Browning three and one as a starter, three and zero oh in the last three starts. Huge game for them on the road on a Saturday. Finally, getting seven days between their game after three games in twelve days. What do you think is going to happen? I predicted the last game. Sorry, a real quick one to ask you because you mentioned the tight end. So Pratt Firemuth had 120 yards against the Bengals. Can you guess how many yards he had in his next best game? Sixty-five. Forty-one. Stop it. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Triple. He tripled that. Against it was the, the Matt Canada. It was the it was the game after Matt Canada was fired. So I mean, I mean just we're excited. absolutely terrible. Um, I I want the Steelers to be average or right in the middle because I want them to be out of like I don't want them to be in an area where they can get a quarterback. They're out of that area, I think. I I hope so. I hope yeah. so. They can after this weekend they can win another game. That's totally fine. I want them to be right in the middle of the NFL draft. That is fine with me. Being average right there, even if you get a 500 record every year, I am totally fine with that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, just don't let them get anywhere near the top on those um, NFL draft picks. But when you think about this game, I'm having you predict what is going to happen. Go ahead, go first. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted. So okay. let me look up that Pat Fryer thing. Um, yeah, I I feel like again. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, but I, I feel like I keep predicting that and that never happens. Even if it looks as good that way in the first half of that Minnesota game, didn't happen the second half. So I think that 
the Bengals will have a better run game. I think they'll be able to manage something there. I also think that the pass game is probably not going to be as potent as it's been because you're out Jamar Chase. And on the other side, I just don't see Pittsburgh doing a ton of moving the ball. Um, this is a big test for the offensive line, I think, because they were pretty good in pass protection against the Steelers, but they're terrible in the run game. And they've been good in all facets the past, what, three weeks? However many this, however long this win streak's been, they've been good. And that's going to be a big question for if they can keep that going um, in a game where they struggled just a few weeks ago against this team to be able to block them. I'm going to go Bengals 20, Steelers 17. I think they win. I think they're the better team. But at the same time, it, it feels it feels trappy. It, I don't know why. Mason Rudolph doesn't have me feeling like you know he's going to move the ball on them. But the Steelers team just – they are the ultimate, like, you have to see them die to finally believe that they're out and done because they are such a team that just hangs in games, hangs in games, and then some stupid stuff happens and they end out, <laughs> and then they're lining up Chris Boswell to kick a 33-yarder to win the game somehow. You're like, they weren't even – they never led this game. What happened? Yeah, I think about that, that Patriots game, that primetime game, when they found a way to come back and make it a game. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, and obviously lost it, but I agree with you. They still have something to play for, um, and they can play spoiler. They're not technically out of the playoff race yet, but obviously very, very low on it. So you get this game, you're trying to get Cincinnati out of it. It's an AFC North game. I think it's going to be scrappy. I think it's going to be close. Um, I am actually going to go the over. I thought about 20 to 17. It just felt like a Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals score. They're normally pretty close, um, except when Joe Burrow's normally out there besides that first game last year he normally I feel confident with how he matches up versus the Pittsburgh Steelers but I will say the Bengals will win 23 a couple Evan McPherson field goals um 17 and maybe and maybe Pittsburgh gets that field goal late just to kind of make it a little bit closer um but yeah I it's probably gonna be a sloppy game I'm expecting that I don't think it's gonna be pretty on both sides of the ball and defensively hopefully they can stop the run for um against Pittsburgh but yeah that's what I'll say We'll see what happens. That'd be huge for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll be nine and six going into Kansas City and Kansas City. Um, that game that I thought was not going to be as exciting anymore could actually be a really fun New Year's Eve game for them. And again, you could mess with Kansas City's chances of getting a very high seed or the Cincinnati Bengals could be one step closer to securing a playoff spot. So it obviously gets it gets fun every single week. The more you win and uh, nine wins would be absolutely huge, not only for the Cincinnati Bengals team, but I think Zach Taylor and this coaching staff overall, when a lot of people counted them out in their season out. I need to, I need I need to see them stop a tight end before I have any confidence about this Kansas City matchup. I don't care if Travis Kelsey's look slower and been worse. If they are still giving up like 100 yards to Pat Fryermuth. You're right. I mean, have I'm you gonna... seen his flops? Have you seen Travis Kelsey's flops lately? I did I see mean... that flop. I'm, I'm actually heavily invested because he's my tight end in fantasy. So <laughs> I yeah, traded I... for him and then, he, and then he decided he's old. <laughs> He's still Travis Kelsey. He's still Travis Kelsey, and I agree with you. If you're making some of these other tight ends look good, and you could even see Minnesota was like, oh, let's just go to the tight end position right now, obviously. Yeah, Hawkinson of that third and 20-something, or they just – what 
do tight ends wear kryptonite or something? Like, why are they not near him? <laughs> I, I do not know. And then obviously, uh, yeah, I just, I agree with you. I, I will not count that out. And they can run the ball. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, but now it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't overlook them. Uh, we do have a guest we're going to get live from Pittsburgh. Even though you're in Pittsburgh, we'll have another guest coming up. Andrew Filipponi next over in the Pittsburgh side to hear a little more about what's going on with the Steelers in this matchup versus the Cincinnati Bengals. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You heard our prediction, a big game for the Cincinnati Bengals. And even the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're all still in the playoff hunt in the AFC. We had to hear from Pittsburgh side of things, what's going on in Steelers land. Andrew Filipponi on 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. Andrew, how you doing? Uh, not good, to be quite blunt with you guys. Uh, it's not really a big game for us anymore uh, because this team blows. And uh, it's one of the worst stretches in Mike Tomlin's era. And hopefully, if there is a silver lining to this uh, level of suck that we've watched, it's that something's going to get done here with him and uh, the way the Steelers have been doing things over the last few years. So, yeah, uh, the holidays have not brought any kind of cheery or joyful mood out of me whatsoever. I'm a self-loathing fan right now who hates my team. Hey, I've been there before. I've been a Cincinnati Bengals fan my whole entire life. I, I try to be optimistic right now because I thought the season was over when Joe Burrow went down and they still have a little bit of hope. But I want to go back to some of your comments because I know how it is in, in Pittsburgh, what you hear, you know, Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff. So you're not um, Mike Tomlin. You want you want things to change. What do you mean by that? I don't want him to coach the football team anymore would be my uh, first recommendation to them. Uh, it feels uh, to me to make an analogy to your audience, this feels like the Marvin Lewis days in Cincinnati where this this uh, franchise has now gone six years without a playoff win. Uh, that's the longest drought for them uh, since Chuck Knoll was hired back in the late 60s in 1969. I know you guys went like 20-something years without a playoff victory, so I'm not trying 30, to... 31, I 31. Think. 31? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, that's right, 1990 to 2021? Yeah. Got that right? Yeah. Okay. That's right, my math was off. Um, yeah, so you guys know, obviously, futility in that respect even more than we do. But the Lewis thing that I'm drawing back to was, okay, he was winning regular season games, but you guys weren't doing anything in the postseason year after year, and it was the same old thing. And it was also probably frustrating on your end. I'm, I hate to project onto you guys as fans, but like when you're watching Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones and these knuckleheads and the team seems to have lost its way and there's no payoff. It's not like, okay, we'll pull it up with this. We'll tolerate this because we're winning something substantial. No, you were going nine and seven and getting your ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs. That's kind of where we're at guys. And it's, uh, it's 17 years for Tomlin. That's, well, really long time for one coach in one place. Mm -hmm. uh, only four other coaches in the modern era have been with one team longer than he's been with this team. So I'm just ready for something new. I think they need an offensive mind here, an innovative offensive mind like you guys have with Zach Taylor. That would be a good place to start if this team is going to get out of the rut it's been in for the last few years under Tomlin. I, I yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying with Lewis, I think towards the end, like you brought up with the, you know, keeping everybody in line, but also just kind of feels tired and like stale. It's like he feels tired. The team feels tired. It's like, you know, maybe young Tomlin would have those guys like, you know, nobody is doing the whole Pickens blocking affair that's happening. 
it would just be doing your job type thing. And that's kind of what it was with Lewis was it felt like towards the end there with perfect and Pac-Man getting the penalties. It's like, you know, maybe young Lewis is really able to stay in charge and keep this guy there. But when he's older and tired, that kind of happens. So I assume that the party after the Matt Canada firing has not continued the past couple of weeks because the 400 yards felt like a huge celebration has has it been like a scheme thing or is it just because Pickett went down and everything feels that way or how, what do you think about why the offense didn't really take off after that game no it's 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 still his scheme I mean they could not yeah yeah they could not uh you know create a whole new offense uh with a guy uh gone mid-season I mean that's just not uh realistic so I thought uh, maybe in a naive way that, okay, he, he's gone. Matt Canner is out. Thank God. He's one of the worst offensive play callers in NFL history. Uh, the, the numbers back that up. Never had a 400-yard game. He was so underqualified for the job. Had no business. Had been a college coordinator his entire career. Wasn't even that good at that. And so the, the change, I thought, maybe uh, it wasn't about so much the the plays themselves. It was more about uh, the uh the timing of the plays, when the plays got called, setting up plays, that kind of thing, him having no feel for it. And against you guys the first time, all the things that fans were clamoring for seemed to appear in the game plan for that one game. They used the middle of the field. There was play action. Pickett was under center a little bit more. Uh, they uh, got the ball downfield with their playmakers. I mean, all these things that fans were dying for. Yeah, it was a one-week thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's gone now. I think that there's deserving questions about the quarterbacks here and how good they are and what their uh, potential is talking about Kenny Pickett down the road. But yeah, I mean, they, they've been, it didn't matter if it was Pickett, Trubisky before him, Ben Roethlisberger in the end, none, none of the quarterbacks the Steelers have had have worked in this offense. And to make matters worse, I'm watching guys like Jake Browning who were undrafted and on practice squads throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every week. So that tells me that a lot of it is scheme and a lot of it is coaching and the Steelers just don't have any of that right now. Before we get into Mason Rudolph, obviously starting this game and kind of the matchup, your prediction, I want to go back to Kenny Pickett. I know you were a Kenny Pickett guy. You might still be a Kenny Pickett guy. Uh, well, what do you think about the future of him on this team? Well, I don't think it's very bright, unfortunately. I mean, that prediction by me was awful. Uh, I thought that he had a lot of Joe Burrow qualities because of how he got to the Steelers. He was a just like Burrow had one massive year in college and was a veteran college quarterback and had gotten better every year. And I thought, unlike maybe some of these other toolsy quarterbacks, that he had some of the Burrow qualities, pocket poise, presence, uh, good timing, snap decision-making, good enough arm to make all the throws, leadership qualities, uh, things that I thought would translate to the NFL and make him a really good quarterback. And he hasn't been able to overcome the scheme, the personnel around him. I mean, I completely overrated the Steelers' offensive talent before the season started. You know, even if it's even if it's scheme independent and you're just looking at their guys, offensive line, massive, massively overrated and overpaid, wide receivers who are in it for themselves and are not as good as they think they are, uh, tight ends who have not been coached well enough and really have not met their potential in a first round running back who already looks like he's over the hill past his prime and was frankly never good enough to be the 24th pick in the draft. So you add all that up and I don't think it's a quarterback friendly offense. 
if Kenny Pickett were in some of these places like San Francisco or Miami or with the Rams or with good Minnesota around good offensive coaching, I think he'd be fine. I don't know if he'd be a top 10 quarterback, but I think you'd be able to win with him. And I think right now, like I watched in Cleveland for so many years with their quarterbacks and how they find a way to screw them up. I think now my worst fears are realized because the Steelers have done that to their first round quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, Matt Canada for three years kind of feels so that kind of felt kind of like the old Browns of like, oh, we can't make the change because we don't want to change the coordinator for this quarterback. But when the coordinator is that bad, you just kind of got to cut that cord. Uh, do you think he gets another shot next year at all? Or do you think they're heavily going to be invested in the quarterback market? Uh, I would be stunned if he's not their week one starter. Okay. Because I think the owner doesn't want to abandon ship here. I mean, the whole Steelers mantra is stability and uh, continuity and things like that. And that's coach and quarterback. And I think that it would take something, something falling into their laps for them to pivot off of Pickett. You know, I know that Tomlin loves fields. He wanted them. I think honestly, if fields and Lawrence, uh, if the Steelers had had the number one pick in that draft, I think, Tomlin would have taken fields over Lawrence. That's how much he liked him. He went and personally scouted him at Ohio State. So I do think if there's a scenario in which they feel like they can get him for a bargain price, I think that the coach would want to look into it. I'm still not convinced the owner would. I think that they could draft the quarterback in the middle rounds, depending on who's there and how many extra picks they have. I could see them rolling the dice in that situation because Rudolph's in his last year of his contract and I think they're going to find a way to get Mitch Trubisky off the roster. At least they should based on how he performed this year. So that'll be the quarterback competition. They won't bring in a guy to unseat Kenny. They'll just have probably somebody waiting in the wings who might have potential or starting experience. Um, But the field, but fields is the one guy I would keep an eye on because if Tomlin has his way, I think he might want to persuade the owner of the team to pursue that if and when Fields becomes available. Yeah, that would be a really good matchup for Mike Tomlin in and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go ahead and get into this matchup right now. Mason Rudolph, I know how the Cincinnati Bengals look against backup quarterbacks. We've seen it plenty of times, even the last few years. Um, he has had success against the Cincinnati Bengals in his starts. But when you think about this offense, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be without on their offensive side, Jamar Chase, obviously Joe Burrow. He wasn't out there the first time they saw each other this season. And DJ Reader was out most of the Minnesota game. He's out for the season and their best player on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think about this? matchup is it close uh what are we expecting in the Pittsburgh Steelers run game and and then defensively yeah I I would expect the Steelers to play their best game of the season because to me this is it for them if they lose they're seven and eight and the only thing they'll have left to play for is to try to extend the meaningless Tomlin's never had a losing season streak uh they they treated last week in that locker room like it was a playoff game uh, I think now they're saying, well, we were just kidding. This is actually our playoff game, but it is at home. And I do think you still have enough guys like Watt and Hayward around where you know you're going to get their absolute best effort. Now, I think it's possible if the Bengals came out early and scored some points and got a lead, I could see this team packing it in because they've done that several times this year. But, um, you know, with rare exception, now a couple of those Burrow matchups when he was the quarterback, the Bengals found a way to blow this team out. But for the most part, 
Uh, Steeler, the Steelers find a way to play these AFC North teams very close, including beating the Ravens earlier this year in Pittsburgh. They're 2-0 and against the AFC North teams here. Uh, you know, Rudolph is going to be motivated because he hasn't had a chance to play since 2021. So I think they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit with him. And I think they will to some extent because he wants to throw the ball downfield a little bit more than the other quarterbacks that they have. And he's not going to do it in a way where he's putting it up for grabs like Trubisky did the last few games. So I do think in that respect, the Bengals could be catching the Steelers at a bad time because uh, I, I I just feel like knowing the history of this team recently, these are the types of games they win when it looks like they're dead. They find a way to win a game and just barely keep themselves alive and keep themselves uh, relevant. So that's the best I can do in terms of giving this team a pep talk for this game. I mean, their season was lost in Indianapolis last week, but they just do have a tendency to not let the bottom fall out completely and finish like seven and 10 or something like that at the end of the year. What's your score? Uh, I think the Steelers are going to win the game 20 to 14, I'll say. And I don't say this like, having all of this enthusiasm and pep because I want them to badly win the game. Because like I said, it would probably be fool's gold in the end. It might be, it, it is better ultimately for them to lose the rest of their games and get the best draft pick possible. Uh, but I think they'll win. I think that the Steelers will be able to run the ball on Cincinnati like they did in the last meeting. Uh, I think Jalen Warren will get more opportunity than Najee Harris in this game. Uh, and I do think they'll get pressure because Highsmith and Watt will both play. And I think they'll be effective. So Browning had his worst game against the Steelers. I know it was his first start. I think it's a close game. I don't think they're going to get blown out or embarrass themselves like they did against the Cardinals or Patriots. But who knows? I mean, they found a way to create, uh, a, the, the, a, create a new low and a new bottom every week for the last three games. And that could easily happen again on Saturday. Andrew Filipponi, I can appreciate your honesty about your team, to be completely honest. Um, no, I, I'm expecting it to be a close game. Honestly, for me personally, Mike and I already gave our predictions. I think it's going to be sloppy um, and, and a pretty low-scoring game. And uh, weather conditions, I think there's a chance of rain, so we'll see if that impacts the game at all. But both teams are probably going to try to run the ball. And for you guys, all you have to do is throw to the tight end. You watch that happen in the first matchup. We can't cover a tight end defensively. We just uh, the, we not we, but the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, either can we. So Tanner Hudson for fantasy people should be a big bet in this game because our inside linebackers stink right now, and the Colts, Cardinals, and Patriots all figured that out. So I think Zach Taylor will too on Saturday. Well, I see your Twitter name here, the Pony Express. But uh, tell football fans where they can find your work. Two to six, uh, the fan in Pittsburgh. You can get that on the Odyssey app. Streams live there Monday through Friday. And then First in Pod, which is a podcast here on 2400 Sports and the Odyssey app too, which is, it's really, um, I think for NFL fans, it's just a very um, digestible uh, show. It's after Thursday night football, and it's after Sunday night football. And the Thursday night show that, that gets put out on Friday morning is a half hour to 45 minutes on all the games. We do each one. We don't skip any games. We cover every game for about five or six minutes. And then the same thing on Sunday where we recap each one. So uh, we don't just go with the Cowboys and uh, Chiefs and hit on those teams. We do all 32 teams and uh, we don't drag it out and make it so long that it's tedious and 
kind of monotonous. So I encourage people that listen to this. If you want, after you get your Bengals stuff, if you want like more of a look at the entire league, we do it in a pretty quick, fast moving way. So I would heavily, highly recommend it. Fantastic stuff. We really appreciate you joining us on Sunday in Cincinnati. Have fun, guys. See ya.